Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. Asia-Pacific shares are trending lower this morning as investors await the latest economic figures from China. Tokyo is down half a percent. Sydney and Seoul basically flat. We have a host of news to discuss this morning, so I'm going to get to it. Joining me is Ryan Huang. I'm Michelle Martin. Are you happy for this uh, stretch of rainlessness that we're experiencing? I am finally not so cold in the studio. <laughs> I am looking forward to stepping it out, stepping out yet later on. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to getting uh, places without being drenched. All right, well, good to have you with us. On two main fronts, economists will tell you that there are two main factors that affect stock prices. Macro issues like the economy that impact the entire market and micro issues like corporate earnings that are particular to each company. Well, today we have a lot of news on both fronts. I'm going to start with the big picture issues, the economy. And for this, I'm going to divvy it up into three parts. So are you taking notes? Part one, China. Part two, the US. And part three, Singapore. We're starting with China because investors are awaiting a slew of economic data, including second quarter GDP and June sales numbers. They're all out in less than an hour, 10 a.m. local time. So Ryan, it seems investors are on edge right now when it comes to the Chinese economy. Why is that? That's right. So all this is in the backdrop of what happened last Friday, the triple R cut, the reserve requirement ratio cut, where the authorities there decided that the economy needed a boost when it comes to lending. And they cut the triple R ratio to allow banks to reduce their buffers and use that money for lending. So that was a surprise because it kind of signaled a change of direction when it comes to policy from what initially thought would be a tightening direction to now possibly a more looser policy. So that is what's going to be in focus because the next round of data will help feed into the policy-making decisions. And Mm -hmm. like you pointed out, it's going to be a data dump and we are looking at right atop second quarter GDP data. And this, according to market forecasts, is looking out for a slowdown Mm. from 18.3%, which was a record in the first quarter. And now the second quarter expected to slow to 8%. And all this because of a couple of things. Mm -hmm. Higher raw material costs, that has hurt some of the factories and kept them from um, producing as much. And also COVID-19 in the backdrop, that has affected some of the supply chain issues and also to a certain extent demand as well. So all that will be closely watched and will be a factor that market watchers and investors will be keeping an eye on. Yep. Economic growth, retail sales, industrial production, fixed asset investment. Details on all of these will be coming out of Beijing this morning. And investors are expecting to see signs that China's economy is moderating. Many investors also still trying to figure out why China's central bank lowered those reserve requirements for the nation's banks last week. Weaker economic numbers today might provide some clues towards that answer. Okay, next up, the US. Yesterday, we talked about soaring consumer prices. Now, today we know that wholesale prices are also rising at a record rate, up more than 7% over the past year. And the US Federal Reserve Chair, Jerome Powell, shared his thoughts on all of this with lawmakers over at the US House of Representatives overnight. So, is the story more horror or action adventure or more like nothing to see here, folks? Let's keep moving on. 
Yeah, I would go with the last one. And he pretty much stuck to the script. It's the same message. It's the same song. And that message is how inflation is transitory. So a bit reassuring after a few weeks of inflation data pointing to record highs, 13-year highs for the latest consumer price index, for example. And that has been a big question mark because people are just not expecting inflation to be so hot. And that was one of the areas of questioning that came through from policymakers asking Jerome Powell, hey, are you sure this is transitory because the numbers are so strong? Mm -hmm. And the question mark, of course, is how long will this last? And Fetcher Jerome Powell, once again, reiterated that it is going to moderate down the road. These cost pressures will start to fade later on. And he's also saying the same thing around jobs, where he's watching out for those jobs to return to pre-pandemic levels. That is not happening yet. In fact, he says there's still some ways to go. Um, there also a couple of factors before he will move on policy. So he's also saying that any move will come with a lot of advance notice. And that kind of reassured markets who are a bit worried that he might have a change of tone. So all in, stuck to the script, quite boring, move on. <laughs> Still reiterating that inflation will likely remain elevated in the coming months before moderating. It's got to calm people in markets. Another note from the US uh, Fed, of, sur Fed survey of businesses shows that a number of sectors, including manufacturing and transportation, are all experiencing strong growth, but supply chain disruptions are leading to low inventories, and that's hurting consumer sales. All right, at the top of this segment, I promised you a play in three acts. So you know what? We're in Act 3, Singapore. The latest economic numbers are out and the economy grew more than 14% in the second quarter of the year as compared with a year earlier. As good as that number sounds, it's actually a bit lower than economists' expectations. And it's coming off an extremely low base a year ago. So Ryan, what do you think all this likely means for the outlook ahead? Yeah, so... 14.3%. It looks like a huge number. Um, but bear in mind, it's off a low base from last year where we had COVID-19 really disrupting the economy on many fronts. In fact, last year was the worst recession on record. So no surprises, coming off a low base, a percentage jump in terms of 14.3% would be making um, that headline. Mm -hmm. So what we are looking out for actually is where things go from here. So sequentially, if you look at first quarter versus the second quarter, it does reflect a bit of a slower pace of growth. Uh, in fact, it's not just growth. It contracted 2% on a seasonally adjusted basis. So that undoes the first quarter's gains of 3.1%. So that reflects that it is still quite patchy. Mm -hmm. uh, but the bright side is going by the latest second quarter numbers is given economists enough confidence that we might actually see things on track for growth to recover down the road for the full year. And currently, they are expecting the government forecasts for 2021 to actually be revised upwards based on the encouraging data so far. And this is currently the forecast between 4 and 6%. And they are looking out for this to be revised beyond 6%. Uh, and that is also because of the flash estimates factor where the latest numbers are based on 
April and May. It doesn't include June yet. And bearing in mind that we had restrictions being lifted sometime in the middle of June, Mm -hmm. we should be able to see an uptick in terms of activity and business. So that, once it's factored in, could lead to a revision upwards of the latest data and in turn lead to a full-year picture that's rosier. Well, speaking of what's up ahead, uh, as we look at the path probable path for Singapore, maybe even the whole world. We do need to keep in mind the COVID-19 outlook. And on the local front, case numbers yesterday, unfortunately, hit their highest level in 15 months. 56 new local cases were reported, largely the result of a cluster from KTV lounges. A cruise ship, meanwhile, forced back to port as well after a COVID-19 case was found on board. So Ryan, from what we know so far, are these numbers likely to affect the easing of restrictions that we are seeing now? Yeah, those are some concerning numbers for sure. But for now, the minister says, no, we will be sticking to the plan. And this is something they thought long and hard about. And part of the reasoning here is hmm. they now, or we have now, a long or rather higher level of vaccination rates. So we are in a more resilient position when it comes to dealing or managing what's happening with COVID-19. And so far, um, he's also saying, mm, if we stick to the current management measures, we should be okay, but don't get carried away and don't take things for granted. So still try to do what you can to prevent any um, risks to spreading this further. A few more big picture macro items that I want to take note of before we move on to corporate news. U.S. President Joe Biden went to the U.S. Capitol overnight to meet with Democratic lawmakers and shore up support for his 3.5 trillion U.S. dollar budget plans. Now, if approved, that massive sum would be spent over 10 years and would fund sweeping infrastructure and investment plans. The U.S. is not the only country proposing big spending. It looks like Japan is preparing an auxiliary budget for as much as 270 billion US dollars. So if these plans go through, are they likely to be good for stocks, Ryan? Or will investors be worrying more about the possibility about impacts on debt and interest rates? Yeah, those are good questions because it's always a balance, right? You Mm -hmm. want to spend money, but where does the money come from? Uh, But if you weigh it out, it does suggest that there might be benefits outweighing the cost that has to be paid down the road. And of course, uh, you can pay these things through maybe tax reforms, health savings, and long-term economic growth. So you do have a few factors that can help offset the costs of these things. And when you do spend on infrastructure and stimulus spending, that has a trickle-down effect where you get people employed and it just lifts the wider economy. So in a way, it can be good for stocks. And in Japan's case, you've got a focus on building infrastructure when it comes to how they spend the money. For example, 5G network uh, infrastructures will be a priority. And they are also looking at green funds. So that is something in terms of um, potential opportunities where you might see growth and stocks maybe in those areas could see a bit of a lift. 
All right, our last big picture item before we move on to company news. Yesterday on the show, we talked about fresh signs of deteriorating U.S.-China relations. Add one more to the list. Bloomberg is reporting that U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and her staff have no plans to resurrect a regular U.S.-China economic dialogue. Now, these talks were common during the Obama and the Bush administrations, but were suspended by former U.S. President Donald Trump. On to corporate news, and for this, I'm going to divide it again into two categories, overseas and local. We do it game show style, up or down with a tank of sharks standing by. Uh, let's start overseas. Ryan, I'll give you a company and you tell me which way you think it's moving, okay? Let's go. Netflix, up or down? Right, Netflix would be an up for me. And this is because it's got some interesting plans. It is going beyond TV and shows into video games. And it has hired a former EA and Facebook executive to lead this push. We needed this, didn't we? We needed to start playing games and spend more time on, on Netflix. Well, even more time on Netflix. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Netflix shares way up 11% over the past month. Uh, Netflix branching out, so definitely an up for me. All right, how about meme stocks? We haven't talked about them in a while. Meme stocks like AMC. Yeah, not good news for the Reddit rally crowd. That is seeing the price of AMC Entertainment, the owner of a few cinemas, they have now been on a bit of a, a slump. And this is now looking at its share price, mm-hmm. half of its peak from, Ooh. wow, this is really showing maybe the bubble has burst, or is bursting at least. And its stock price tumbled overnight by 15% to $33.43. And this is in contrast to sometime in June, where it was over $72. So maybe the AMC... Um, effect is fading and Mm -hmm. it is interesting because we do have a few blockbuster titles out Fast and Furious 9 Black Widow that is not helping the cinema business Right, so and, and so fast the slide as well. So AMC shares down by more than half since hitting their peak last month. GameStop, Clover Health, Clean Energy Fuels, they've also suffered big losses. Next, Microsoft. Okay, this is an up for me and This is because it is going to be offering its Windows operating system as a cloud-based service. So Mm -hmm. the thing about it is everyone has a different computer of different powers and setups. So with this, Mm -hmm. you might be able to get an experience that's tailored to your setup. So that is the pitch there. But of course, they might make more money this way by making it more cloud-based and maybe down the road add on some fees, you know, yeah. subscription fees, that sort mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, schools and businesses are expected to sign up uh, to this new cloud-based version of the Microsoft Windows operating system on a subscription model. Alibaba and Tencent. All right, this is an app for me. And it's a tale of two frenemies mm. just cozying up a bit more. And this, of course, in the backdrop of how China has been cracking down on these big tech companies around how they store and use data. So Alibaba and Tencent may be trying to circumvent that in advance by cooperating and showing how they are for the public good or wider good by opening up their systems to each other. For example, being able to use Tencent's services on Alibaba's e-commerce platform. So maybe that might 
placate regulators to some extent? Yeah. So, yeah, Alibaba and Tencent now considering collaborating, making each other's services available on the other's platforms, uh, ecosystems coming together. Uh, but tough given how much pressure Chinese tech companies have come under. And who knows what more pressures ahead. On to local companies now. Let's take a look at Semcorp. All right, Semcorp in the news because of a large, or rather the world's largest mm, floating solar farm. And this is on Tangye Reservoir. So something that is in the Business Times as well. A nice picture where you've got a huge field. Do I call it a field? A huge span. It looks like one, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah across um, the Tangye Reservoir. Uh, solar panels floating there. So this is paving the way for green energy the industry to grow here in Singapore. Yep, Singapore now home to the world's largest floating solar farms. And what a picture that is. Next up, Mercurius Capital Investment. All right, this would be a down for me. And this is because the stock price fell 10.3% yesterday after jumping just as much. And it is uh, something to watch, continue watching after it said it would be diversifying into the grocery business. Yeah, so that's attracting a lot of investor interest for Mercurius Capital Investment, uh, the plans to acquire a big chain of Malaysian grocery stores. So definitely an up for me. Yongnam Holdings. Right, Yongnam will be a down for me. And it's quite similar to the picture we got from MM2 Asia. So its auditor has um, also flagged that it might be a going concern. And it has also uh, said it has uh, filed, at least on SGX um, regulatory filings, given notice of three years of consecutive losses. So this means it's one step closer to being on the SGX watch list. Mm. And the other requirement of being on the watch list is average daily market cap over the last six months has to be less than 40 million. Mm-hmm. It's um, quite close to that right now. It's at 43.3 million. Wow. So down for Yongnam Holdings. They're a steel construction company looking at a tough future ahead. Auditors say they may not be able to continue. Yongnam Holdings shares fell more than 11% yesterday. Fortress Minerals, next on the list. All right, Fortress Minerals will be an up for me. First quarter net profit tripled on record revenue. Yeah, they're an iron ore producer, by the way, reporting record revenues up nearly 150% from a year earlier. Let's check in on local markets. We are 23 minutes into the local trading day. Yesterday, the STI fell not quite half a percent to 31.53. So how's the blue chip index doing this morning? Yeah, we are coming off a lower close yesterday, which snapped a three-day winning streak. And it looks like we might be getting back some ground, at least um, very marginally. It's up by 0.1%, 3,155. And this is across or um, against a um, backdrop of regional markets showing a bit of a mixed picture. And take a quick look at the STI snapshot. It's pretty much even between green and red right now, just slightly more green. And right at the top, you've got Johnny Matheson. And also worth noting, DBS Bank is um, coming back up again uh, after losing ground by 1% yesterday. So now it's up by 0.4%, One stock that could be worth watching, uh, we've been talking about MM2 Asia under pressure because of what happened with his um, auditor opinion. Right now, it's still flat at 7.2 cents. Yesterday, it was down by nearly 
11%. So something to keep an eye on for the rest of the day. Indeed. Thank you very much. He's Ryan Huang. All eyes here on your money on data expected out from China within the next 35 minutes or so. Expectations are for China's V-shaped economic rebound to show signs uh, that it is slowing. Could send a warning to the rest of the world about how durable recovery really is going to be and how difficult that, that might prove to be. That's coming up right here on your money. Stay with me. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.